Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan Horton. I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. All righty, man. How's it going? How are you doing tonight? This may just be the start of the show this week. Just me leading in like that. So, you know, welcome to the Coach's Corner. Y'all know what it is. You're tuning into it already. I'm kidding, of course. When do I talk? <laughs> Maybe I'm not. This is gold right here. Now, uh, you talk when we're t- going to talk about, you know, the happenings that have been going on with the Titans here recently, if there's any big news or anything like that or any, um, oh, I don't know, did anything happen this weekend with the Titans? Uh, pretty much a typical game for the Titans. So, oh, how bright you are. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I've said since the beginning of the season, and I still – feel even better about it actually that the titans can beat any team and lose to any team now uh, obviously jj watt should have given a bit more of a, a motivational speech they needed at least three more points but that's the thing everybody uh, i can i can still talk trash and i still would have talked trash about the impact of a motivational speech even had the texans won because that would not have been the reason for it. It would have been because of the worst defense that I have ever seen on a football field. Damn shame, too. I mean, there's a there's a conversation with J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson walking off of the field. It's in the game. I don't know if you saw that clip today or not, um, saying, hey, sorry we wasted – J.J. says to Deshaun, hey, sorry we wasted one of your years. You know, it's just frustrating, kind of a – you know, that back and forth. And Deshaun goes, yeah, we should have won 11 games. Well, I don't necessarily agree or disagree because I think the Texans are talented, but I think that they're kind of a lesser version of the Titans. And the Titans could have been in the same boat this year because looking at ranks, the defenses were about the damn same. I mean, they were real close in a lot of the ranks and the metrics and everything like that. So my point there being is is that the, the Titans just had a little more consistency on offense, had a little more breaks go their way. There's a lot of close games this year for the Titans as well. So, you know, it's it's – it's one of those things where the Texans are talented. So if they won the game, to your point, it wouldn't have been about a motivational speech. It would have been because they have some offensive weapons like the Titans do as well. Yeah, and you saw that the Titans brought a little more pressure in this game. They tried to manufacture some of that. They actually got some hits on Watson and ended up with three sacks. So that's actually nice to see. Um, and, you know, I will if I hadn't watched an entire season of just an absolute lack of pass rush, then I would be tempted to say that some of the other plays was a result of them staying in their lanes and not wanting to over-pursue against a, an athletic quarterback like Deshaun Watson. Unfortunately, uh, it looks exactly the same, so it's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt there. I mean, if you want to be an optimist, you want, you want to say, okay, you're starting to see some change there in the blitzing. The problem is, as you look towards next week in the the wild card game, the the playoff game, the home playoff game, home playoff uh, game, you're going against another quarterback that it, it, we were talking. I don't think Deshaun Watson is a freak athlete for the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson is a freak athlete, regardless. Period. And so, you typically don't want to blitz a guy like that because look, what are you playing? Generally speaking, on the back end of a blitz. You're playing man, which means your back is typically turned to the quarterback. Well, guess what happens? If that blitz get, does not get home and that quarterback gets out, that means he's going to be running for a long time before anybody really notices that he's actually running. And then good luck catching that guy in the open field. 
Yeah, and we'll get more into the the Ravens here in a little bit. The the familiar foe at this point in time, the the Titans have been able to win uh, the last few against this team. So obviously, you have some uneasy feelings about that. So we'll get into that in just a second. But just more about this te- this uh, Houston Texans regular season finale win. It does clinch the South for the Titans uh, with the tiebreaker over the Colts. So that's. Fantastic. I mean, I think that if you would have started at the beginning of the season, if you would have said to me, "Hey Ryan, if you if you'll take eleven and six or eleven and five, excuse me, um, and the FC South, you'll take that, right?" Yeah, sure. Oh, by the way, the defense is going to be awful. Um, I don't feel so good about the playoffs then, if that's the case. But a lot of good things happened. There were some milestones that were able to be achieved in this game. Uh, really showed the players hard work and everything. Uh, Derrick Henry being able, of course, being able to get to two thousand yards. Um, feels like if if there weren't some holding calls throughout the season that that brought some long runs back for for DK for Derrick Henry. Uh, as I said, DK two K or something. <laughs> DH two K. Um, feels like he might have been able to to threaten for the the single season record because uh, he was within you know for him a half of a game of it but anyway he does get to 2000 which is a very impressive milestone aj brown also is able to get to a thousand yards receiving Corey davis i think finished 16 yards away from a thousand yards so he would have gotten there frankly let's just be honest if he had if he had caught all the the ball stone to him on the day. Now it came out afterwards. Obviously, it was his brother's birthday, so he was probably pressing a little bit there. So I, I got to say, I understand the sentiment. Um, there's also the crowd that says that he's out there to do a job, catch the ball. It is what it is. But just pointing out that if you would have caught the ball stone to him, he would have also gotten a thousand yards. So to have two receivers that were that that potent throughout the season, and then the running back who sets, you know, I think it's the eighth. Uh, rusher in the NFL history to do 2,000 yards. Uh, and we haven't talked about Tannehill or anybody else on offense. That's just a spectacular season. And I, I got to say it again. I said it a few weeks ago. I've said it uh, on Twitter and a couple other places. It's really a dead gum shame that you have all this success on offense and not one offensive lineman makes it to the Pro Bowl. I know it doesn't really shouldn't matter. It's not going to matter. I'm not going to play it anyway. I, I get all that. It's just a shame that this kind of performance isn't going to be rewarded by by peers, by fans to notice that the Titans, with a even with a makeshift line, had a really good year up there. So just I've got to say that as the former offensive lineman to of me, I've just got to call that out before we you know give too many too many more kudos to any of the skill players. Yeah, I mean you can call it a makeshift line, but I mean realistically, Saffold's been in and out of the lineup, but he's been mostly in. Now we can talk about moving forward because he definitely finished the game out of it. Uh, but ultimately, you look at that right side, and starting with Ben Jones to Nate Davis to Dennis Kelly, That it, it's funny, coming to the season, everybody's talking about run left, run left, because that's where Taylor <laughs> Lewan, that's where Saffold's going to be. But the consistent portion has been on that right side. Oh, sure. And so kudos to them, Nate Davis developing. Dennis Kelly, you have to, especially when you talk about the um, performance, and that's what I'll call it, this, the performance this year of Isaiah Wilson, just absolute lightning in a bottle, if you can say that about a ta- about a tackle in his performance there on the right side. Yeah, and um, we'll spend some time with it because I, I, you know, I love my offensive line um, discussions. Um, Dennis Kelly was the question mark. I mean, let's just be real honest about that. When the, when the season started, you had Taylor Lewan returning, all, all, you know, Pro Bowl left tackle, um, Saffold Pro Bowl left left guard Ben Jones who we we knew was a good center but really stepped his game up this year and the questions were Nate Davis and Dennis Kelly could Dennis Kelly start 
and be a starting caliber tackle in the NFL. He's filled in and done admirably in stretches, but could he do it for the whole season? Uh, Nate Davis, could he continue to take that step forward that he had been taking towards the end of last season? Well, both of those answers, and we talked to his his college offensive line coach, uh, Coach Selfo, at the beginning of the season. He said that he really liked Nate's work ethic, and he really thought that Nate had worked on his stance and worked on his steps and was really improving in the, what he had seen from him with the Titans throughout the year. And he says those are the, the marks of the good ones. And, of course, he, he's been around some, some great offensive lineman with his days with Georgia so I really enjoyed him hearing him say that about Nate so those are your question marks on the right side and to what you said it turned from run left to run right uh, but let's not discredit the fact that you know pretty soon Taylor Juan goes down with the ACL um, you know and then you 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 have other injuries as well. You're down to your third left tackle. The, everybody just kind of coming in. Aaron Brewer, coming, Aaron Brewer coming in for left guard, like you said, with Roger Saffle going in and out. It, it's It's been kind of a – that's why I call it makeshift because there's been just – it's been multiple pieces. But the attitude it seemed to be, and, and, and kudos to Coach Carter, is that it's been next man up mentality. And that's, and that's what you like to see out of an NFL player. And, and we did say that about uh, with Coach Selfo, again, coming back to that conversation, as he says that at some point in time, regardless of who's in there, it's got to be that attitude of next man in, do your job, you know your assignments, make your steps, make your, your hand placements, and, and finish your blocks. And this offensive line was fantastic all year at doing that. I don't want to make it sound like they wouldn't; they are better off without Taylor Wong because they absolutely are not. I'm just saying that it, kudos to the guys to come in and 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 make that um, gap feel less. Yeah, I think where you kind of really felt the impact is probably a guy like Jonu Smith who had started the season out hot, mm-hmm. and then it's probably no coincidence that his production trailed off right around that same sort of time that Taylor Lewan. So you're going to leave that tight end into block. Uh, if not into block, he's still chipping a lot to give that left tackle, give Questenberry. And frankly, just this offense, they're going to help Dennis Kelly out as well on some. And so that's where you're going to see the impact of it. But overall, you definitely can't complain about one of the top offenses in the NFL um, to be able to do that with the injuries to some Pro Bowl players there. So uh, kudos to, the, to that offense. Um, defensively, though, just... <laughs> Just got some questions. Yeah. Uh, do you take – let me just – because I talked a lot there. Let me ask you a question about the defense, and let's switch gears onto that a little bit. They did get debatable. Three sacks. I don't know what the box score, if it ever corrected or not, but at one point in time they had, uh, I think, Des Kings, they had it as a tackle for loss instead of a sack. I think I had joked or I had missed all the play during it and, and said, oh, that's a tackle for loss, or is there, are they going to give that a sack? And, and you were bewildered that they hadn't changed it to a sack. So either way, they did. They were able to double their sack. They were able to double their production at the very least, two, three stack, sacks, uh, three sacks there. Um, do you think this is a sign of things to come? Or, because I, 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 I just don't, I know my opinion, but let me just just get you to talk about it as well. Did you see enough to have any kind of faith that they're going to be able to continue any kind of pressure and any kind of manufactured or not as they get into the playoffs? Yeah, I think what you kind of saw there, and it, it's going to be interesting what they do. I don't take – I think Baltimore, when they get there, I think that's an asterisk game. I think your game plan changes for what they do on offense versus what you're going to do against typical teams. Um, but against the, against the Texans, you saw them bring a little more pressure. Uh, you saw them bring extra guys. But he also saw, I think it was 10 plays for over 230 yards on explosive plays. That's not a coincidence. When you bring more guys, you leave yourself open on the back end. Now, I also think that Houston actually did a pretty good job of their game planning and their play calling. Uh, on the offensive side. So I don't necessarily think, especially early on, that the coverage was a major issue. I think that's where you saw they just couldn't get anywhere near him when they did not bring extra guys. So 
It'll be interesting. Baltimore, I'm not going to take too much because I think that's almost a completely different game plan, what you do and how how you attack that offense because of what they like to do. Um, But, no, ultimately, I think the biggest thing that you're going to take away from that is that they are starting to be willing to bring additional pressure. And I had brought it up before the game. Christian Fulton was active this game. And when you look at Christian Fulton, over a Chris Jackson and probably over a Des King, he gives you a little more in man coverage just based on athletic ability. So I was curious going into the game if we might see a little more pressure because they're going to play man on the back end. Um, and I think that's what we saw. Now, whether or not Fulton, I thought Fulton, on, he gave up some plays, but he wasn't in bad position on them. No, and th- those are encouraging signs. And I think that the joke has been that, you know, Adore Jackson's not going to fix this defense when he comes back. And, I mean, there's some some semblance of truth to a lot of that. But what we were hoping for, I think, is that when you're making those kinds of statements is that when you get guys that have the potential or have the ability of a Fulton, uh, of a Dory Jackson, that maybe this makes it easier in other positions. Maybe maybe Bayard can be freed up to freelance a little more like he has in the past and play a little more to his strengths instead of having to be um, – I think he's pressed a little bit this year, to be honest with you. He hasn't had a good year. Like you've said before, he's never been the best tackler uh, when he comes up. To, uh, up. He's not the, the big thumper. He does he does participate in his willing tackler. He just doesn't uh, – well, maybe, maybe that's giving him a little too much credit. He at least gets in there and will make contact. Um, but where his strength is is in that backfield where he can play – where he can truly play like that center field safety and be able to read and use his abilities. Um, he did get an interception late in the year, so hopefully if they come in bunches, then the bunches will come at the right time in the playoffs. So we'll see if, if the addition of some other players who have a little more, let's just say, overall talent uh, there in the secondary can help with that. And this isn't to minimize Malcolm Butler has had a fantastic year for the Titans, and he continued to be fantastic uh, this last weekend. Uh, let's not – let's just call it what it is. There was a – I mean, if this – this game is also different if the Texans don't miss an extra point, which I know this all changes game flow if they hit that extra point because then they don't go for two. But they, he was also able to make a fantastic tackle pinning an arm uh, to not allow the receiver to uh, stretch his arm across the goal line to convert the two-point conversion, and it, they challenged it, or it was challenged and it came up short. So that was two points right there. So I know that if they make that first extra point, maybe they don't go for two. But he was able to, at least at that point in, in, in the game, to – keep those two points off the game, off the board, excuse me. And, uh, you know, they still made a a three-point field goal to win, so they win by one instead of three maybe if you want to play that game. But who knows, those extra two points to give Texans the lead at that point in time, maybe the game plays out differently. Maybe maybe there's more wasted time. It just, you you never know. But I'm just saying it was a big play right there in that moment to save that spot. So he continues his good play as well. Um, There seems like there's, and that's, that's, I think that's the frustrating thing for me. Um, is you watch these games, and it's not like this this Titans defense is devoid of talent, right? I mean, maybe you can make an argument when when guys are injured, they don't have their best talent out there. But at every level, there's there's talent, NFL talent on this defense, and it's it's maybe some of the better collection of talent they've had in a while, as far as just overall guys. When you when you consider what Simmons can do and how David Long has looked towards the end of the year, how frustrating it is for you as someone who has been a coach and you can see that that you have the talent and it's just not translating to on field production. Yeah, I think they have eight guys that would start on any team. I think every member of that secondary would start on any team. I think Simmons, I think Landry, and I think Daquan Jones. Yeah, Daquan Jones was fantastic. Any by team. The way. And so, yeah, it's frustrating that they haven't really played that cohesive football. Um, the linebacking core leaves something to be desired regardless. Um, but I do think as, as we look towards the playoffs, 
that there's something to be said about their opponent in this first game. Um, but before we move on to that and talking about, I, I know a lot of people did not give a lot of time to the 2000 yards in the national media or whatnot. So I do want to talk about that. And as, as the guy who is the offensive line guy, how significant is 2000 yards? Here's the thing as an offensive lineman, you, 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 you don't want your name called typically, right? Because why are you getting talked about? So it's, it's a lot like a cover corner. If you're not getting talked about, that's usually a good thing because you're doing your job. Offensive line is the same way. So you go about this entire season where you you can you can kind of put your name into something and say that hey we really did our job and I'm, offensive linemen take two things in pride and that is being able to be run graders and open up lanes for their running backs and the more yards they get the better it reflects on you as an offensive line if your running back is averaging you know I think that even as his yards after contact uh, Henry still would have been what fifth or sixth in the league. <laughs> So Henry's doing a lot of that on his own, but you're still getting him to that point where he can get downfield and use his abilities past the line, and there's not a whole lot jamming him up. Because the one thing about Henry is, if he can't get started and can't get past the line, he's not as effective. He, even though he's this big guy, he doesn't bull over. So the offensive line does a great job doing that. I mentioned two things. The other thing you, you take pride in is your, your quarterback ends, ends the day with a jersey cleaner than when he started, you know, for what somehow, you know, he just doesn't get knocked down that much, and you're able to, to keep people off him and, and, and keep him protected. So it's a really big deal that there's this major accomplishment that you blocked for a 2,000-yard rusher because there's only eight other offensive lines in NFL history that can say that. And you can say that, that Henry is, is special and, and that he would make any offensive line. It's, it's a chicken before the egg argument to me. You have to have a good offensive line. You have to have a good running back. And when you have those two combinations, guys that just fit, then it works. If you put Henry behind the worst offensive line in the NFL, I don't think he's as effective because, like I said, it takes him a little bit to get, to get started. He still is going to get his more than likely because he can still break the long runs. He's still a freak athlete for his size and for the running back position. But – it's just a great it's a great combination here and I, I don't know if they still I, I know the NFL players still give out presence <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to see what Henry's got cooked up for his offensive line uh, to give them and unfortunately for him he's, he's probably gonna have to give out more than just the starting five because it was it was kind of eight, eight or nine guys that blocked from all season maybe include the tight ends as well because Michael Pruitt was fantastic this season from that from that perspective as well so it's it's a, it's a big point of pride to say, to say that and said yeah I blocked for a 2,000 yard rusher yeah, I mean, if I was going to play devil's advocate, and I'm not taking anything away from Henry because it's still a, a big accomplishment, but it's one of the main reasons that I think the the Ravens' offense works. They they are zigging when everybody else is zagging. Um, while the rest of the NFL gets smaller and faster, the Titans got bigger, and, and Henry is going against defenses that, um, I don't know, 15 years ago, is he the same guy? I don't know. Uh, but that's not to diminish what he has done here because he has carried an offense and and. and saying carry does, makes it diminish, you know, A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill because they've been great as well. But it's definitely his presence on the team combined with their scheme that opens up some things in the passing game because of how teams will play them. Play action or not, those linebackers hold a little bit longer because of the fear of the run. Now, whether or not that's just Derrick Henry or it's just the likelihood that it's going to be run. Again, chicken or egg there. But yeah. uh, I think absolutely it should be applauded, if nothing else, because it could be the last one. Because of what I just said, teams are typically not running the ball as much. And so that's where the real... Uh, 
special notion because I think that could stand for quite a while as the last 2,000 yard rusher. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. Is how how rare is that in this in this NFL when you have because you look at Dalvin Cook who who provides value to Roy or Kamara, Kamara is probably a better. Uh, uh, example there that they provide value in such a different way yes they are good running backs and when they when they hit their 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 cutbacks and their creases they're gone but they also provide so so much in the in the passing game as well and let's just be real honest with you that's not Derrick Henry I mean yes if you, if you get him it's it's one of those things where like uh you, we say that he's not a natural pass catcher or that's not his forte or that he's not a receiving running back and I've been beat up a little bit about that in the past because then someone will show that 75 yard screen they took to the house which by the way he bought uh, but the point there is, is that again, he's a freak athlete. If he does catch it and he gets open and he has a, a chance to start, he can be gone. And he sh- he showed that in college a little bit too. So it, it's not that he can't catch; he's just not not natural. And the stats back that up. He's just more of a runner. He doesn't have as much receiving as some of those other top running backs in the league. And that's probably why, uh, based on PPR or whatever fantasy football, he's he's not the top. You know, even though he had the most yards and had 15 touchdowns, which I think was one off the the lead in the NFL. For, for running backs, for rushing yard touchdowns, he didn't finish with as many fantasy points because he was he doesn't have the receptions to go along with it. Um, so, but he brings value in such a different way because he's not that you can't put him in the normal running back box because he's big, but he's not really what you would consider a bruiser. Even though it takes so much to bring him down, and when he falls forward, he may get hit for two yard gain, but then fall forward for another two to three yards, which is why he can get to his five-yard average so far because he just doesn't lose many yards. And he, he's he's fast. I was watching a review, someone a, a live reaction from a Houston Texans fan because I, I wanted to see what they thought about that out-of-bounds. Um, uh, well, clearly, they stepped on line, but the, the announcers were trying to say that, uh, Rich Gannon was trying to say that there was green between the cleats there <laughs> on that review. And, he, and he, he called it out, so kudos to that Houston fan for saying that. But he made a comment that he said, you know, it's really kind of frustrating as a fan to go up against a, a, a Derrick Henry because he's so he's so big, he doesn't go down easy. And if he gets past that first line, you better hope someone has 4-3 speed, which is not very common in that backfield. Otherwise he's going to outrun everybody because he just, that's what he does. And he, he made that comment on the big, on a couple of the long runs. And so you have that threat. So he's, he's, he's kind of this weird combination of running backs and he just, he just fits, you know, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that this offense fits together so well. Absolutely. So obviously a big game coming up playoffs. Let's talk about the Ravens. Let's talk about three times you've had to face them now within a 12 month period. How, how does that how does that impact your game planning? Oh gosh, uh, so here's the thing with that is that it's the you, you, you it's an opponent that you have had success with three times. It scares me because the 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 law of statistics really averages out at some point, right? So you got to think. Well, we've gotten them three times. Then maybe it's their time to get us. You know, it's just it's kind of hard to beat someone three times in a row like that. It's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to have that kind of success sustained. But I think that you kind of have the game plan mapped out. You were the one of the first teams that showed the rest of the NFL kind of how to defend Lamar, and maybe teams went away from it. I mean, you can look at the 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 people saying the Ravens finished hot five game win streak, and that's true. They did but by beating teams like the Browns. Uh, that was but that that game was just that was the poop game for or the cramp. Excuse me, I'm sorry, the cramp game for Lamar, and it was like New York Giants and some other people thrown in there that weren't necessarily great teams. So 
I think your game plan has got to be that you go into this with what you've been doing on offense. You know, don't break from that. Stay aggressive. And, and we didn't get to our coach's point of the week. I love that Vrabel had the fourth and 11 call because at least he's, he's showing that he's aggressive and he, he's realizing that a punt there really does them no good with the field position and with your defense not being able to stop anybody. Anyway, to the point, though, I think uh, you, you, you don't want another 12-yard punt. No, I don't know one of the 12-yard punt. So I don't hate the call. I know a lot of people out there said it was the dumbest thing variable's ever done. But if they convert there, everyone's probably applauding him. At least he's having the balls to make those kind of calls and to push the envelope because I think that's what's going to be important for this offense, to push that envelope, take their chances where they can, try to keep their own defense off the field as much as possible and put the extra pressure on the other offense to make mistakes. And if you honestly allow Lamar across a game to – give him the chance to make those mistakes, he generally will. So I don't think you change too much. Maybe mix up your coverages now that you've got some guys back and and, and, and you have the ability to be different uh, based on just having different guys on defense. Yeah, we talked to, to, to Ron Davenport uh, early on in the offseason um, talking about how this uh, secondary was going to be a Baskin-Robbins. You get all these different flavors. I think this is the game where you're kind of going to see that. Obviously, they're going to play a lot of three safeties back there, so you'll see Vaccaro and Hooker, and they've kind of been doing that quite a bit this year, but I think you're going to see more corners in there as well. I think you're going to get smaller, you're going to get faster. Uh, linebackers, you may see Vaccaro come down and kind of play that inside linebacker position because that's what uh, really messes with this team. If I have one big concern, I think whenever you look at the the playoff game last year, I think the Titans definitely outplayed them just from the get-go. The game this year was a little bit more of a toss-up. Now, um, the, the thing that I thought the Titans really benefited from is that the Ravens did not lean on J.K. Dobbins as much as I thought they could have in that first one. And we talked about it in that show, how he adds a little bit of a different element because of his burst out of the backfield, which opens things up for Lamar mm-hmm. as fast as he is. Well, last few weeks... Ravens have really committed to J.K. Dobbins, and that just is something that should worry me if I'm the, if I'm a Titans fan or if I'm a member of the Titans. You got to find a way to match that speed and still be able to be physical. So they get back to this point where you, it's not a thunder and lightning. Is you kind of got both lightnings in the backfield if you're the Ravens. So you, you got to be able to get fast, but Dobbins is not small, and that offensive line can still move people. So yep. I, do, I do think it's going to be a game where Vaccaro's got to be key. David Long had a big game against the Ravens last year. He's got to be that guy as well again. Yep. Rashawn Evans, look, this is this is your game. This is your game where you don't have to use that thing between your ears. You don't have to use your brain. You just, just go, go forward and hit somebody. Just go. This is exactly what you need to do. So, And he did play. I will give Rashawn Evans credit. He played better early on last week, and that, that sounds like very much a backhanded compliment, but it's baby steps. I'll say this. You look at what the Chiefs did last year with that explosive offense. They they clearly won because of their offense, but they were able to win because their defense didn't win the game for them. They just didn't lose it for them. They got a, a little, they got okay, and they made a couple of stops. And that's really what this team has to do. You need, This defense is not going to flip a switch. They're not going to turn around and change things up a ton and all of a sudden be a shutdown defense. But I do think they match up well with the Ravens. And if they can get you a couple stops, the offense has to come through. And, and you talk about we're in the middle of a big hiring cycle. Well, you got Art Smith, and you got Wink Martindale on the Ravens side as the defensive coordinator. Both of them are prime head coaching candidates, and that's really going to be the matchup. Now, we always say this, that that's going to be the matchup. Um, well, it may be on the flip side, and the Titans' defense, can they be not bad enough to make it impossible for the Titans' offense to win? And I think it's going to be a really interesting game here. I've always talked about matchups. The Titans are a great matchup for the Ravens, but like you said, you're not going to have a lot of tricks that you haven't shown. The key here is going to be self-scouting, 
Yes. And the ability to know what did we do last time and can we use that to our advantage? Can we use that? We showed we showed uh, Lamar a bunch of stuff in the secondary. Let's make him think he's seeing the same thing, but flip the switch. Keep them guessing to the best of your ability. Yeah, and and I think you said it best there, self-scouting. Also know what hurts you in those games as well and prepare for those things because the Ravens are going to be doing the same thing on the opposite side. You said there for a second is that the defense, and we said this in the live show after after, after the uh, Texans win as well, is that you just have to count on this defense to not stop anybody throughout a game consistently because it's not going to happen. I've seen enough that through this this season that that's just not who they are. They flip a switch in the offense and all of a sudden they 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 just complete our on defense and they and they just all of a sudden make tackle for loss after tackle for loss. I'm going to be blown away because then I'm like, "All right, Titans are going to win the next four Super Bowls if this is the defense they're going to get with this offense." I I'm kind of kidding, but um my point there here is that I think that not only you just got to hope, like you said, the defense can make a couple stops here and there, maybe one get get a turnover. But for me, I think the big key here is the offense can't stop themselves for the Titans. And that's when, in these games have been frustrating, where they've gotten blown out. It's not only the defense, because here's the thing, defense is going to get scored on regardless. Where it snowballs, and you saw it kind of there in the Texans game there in the middle of the game after the the Henry fumble, and then he fumbled again on the next drive, but he got it back, the, you know, they recovered it. It's one of those things where they can't shoot themselves in the foot and get off schedule. If this offense can stay on schedule, I know that seems like a no-brainer. Your offense has to go down the field every time. But with this defense, this offense kind of has to go down the field every time. and it, it, They can't rely on the defense keeping them in a game because that's just not who they are. So the offense has to really focus on not stopping themselves because I don't think there's a, there's a ton of defenses out there that can consistently stop the Titans on offense unless they off, the Titans are really contributing to that as well. Now, I completely agree. I and as you kind of look forward, I, I'm play the odds, play the odds a little bit out here. It is tough to beat a team three times in twelve months, and the Ravens have been hot. Now, if you want to play devil's advocate to that, you can say they've had to play in the playoffs for five straight weeks. That's a lot of pressure to not drop a single game. So, are they due to drop one? I don't be. know. The uh, I tend to believe the hot hand going into the playoffs, and so I think the Ravens are in an, in a pretty good position here. Yeah, um, it's tough for me to pick against the Titans with just how they match up because I think this was this of the available teams they could have gone to. This was the one I was hoping for. Well, I mean, obviously I was hoping Miami could have been the, the team somehow <laughs> that they could have gone against, but that that wasn't an option for them by the time that the day was over. Uh, so if you were like we said, if you were asking me if I would rather the Titans gone to Buffalo to play the Bills or to host the Ravens at home, regardless of what the matchups and predictions and, you know, streaks or whatever and in, in, in the history there that is between these two games and how similar this is to the last time the Titans had a 2K rusher, which really should have nothing to do with this game whatsoever considering it's it's in a different decade altogether. Um, but I get all that, but I would rather face the Ravens the way the Titans match up. And that's, that's the thing about the, the playoffs. For any of these teams that are left in the playoffs, it's going to be a tough matchup. And it's just about who can come out and, and get hot for the stretch of games. Because I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs, even though the, I know they have the bye for this first week, they could lose that second They could lose in that second round. Because I don't think the Chiefs have been overly dominant this year either from what you've seen. So this is just kind of one of those years where you've you talked about it. Kudos to you for calling this out. Like I think week three or four where you were talking about uh, there's just no dominant team in the NFL this year. Uh, maybe the Packers kind of emerged there late, but even they were susceptible to being beaten. I mean, the Bears, the performance against the Bears. I mean, so it's just it's just anything can happen in these playoffs. You just got to get to them. So I'm glad the Titans were able to to win the South. 
have a successful season on offense like we talked about earlier through all the milestones and, and really close this out. I am I feel good about their chances, but any result will not will not surprise me. A, a blowout either way will not surprise me. A close game at the end where we're, where the Titans are counting on another 37-yard field goal to win it or tie wouldn't surprise me either. So we'll see what happens with those two. Um, yeah, so that, that closes out the regular season for the Titans and for this NFL. And like we said before, it's been kudos to the people involved getting everything in and all the personnel and everything like that. I'm, I'm glad they're finally here for the playoffs and the Titans are still playing meaningful games this late in the year, which is really all you can ask for your team to be doing. So kudos to them. So that's going to close it out for us this week. This has been the Coach's Corner part of Broadway Sports Network, partner with 440 Sports. Remember to be sure and check out all of our other podcasts, articles, and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Coaches on Broad. Make sure you're checking out Jonathan at JB on Broad and myself at Ryan on Broadway. Be sure to subscribe and rate five stars before we close out that app. But until next time, we out. See ya. Got it right that time.